Welcome to Behind the Scenes with Brian, the podcast covering everything from engineering, mining, and mine waste management to whatever else may be on our minds. Pop in your headphones and don't forget to rate, subscribe, and share. And now, here is your host, Brian Ulrich. This is Brian, and this is Behind the Scenes with Brian. And today I am joined by Mark Brennan, CEO and co-chairman of Serato Gold. Mark, how are you today? I'm great, Brian. Thank you very much. Hope everything well with you. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And uh, hopefully you're surviving the pandemic as well as anybody could be expected. Yeah, you know, it, it's been a very productive period. Uh, it, it's obviously a, somewhat of an inconvenience and it's impacted a little bit of our of our normal operating procedures. But at the same point, it's been a very productive period over the course of the last 18 months. It sure has made us reassess how we go about our normal business and what normal business is. And, and I think how business is going to be conducted in the future. So, Mark, where are you physically right now? Well, with regard to, to I'm, I'm based out of Toronto, and we have the, the headquarters of our Serato Gold in Toronto with um, the subsidiaries of our operations in Argentina with Minera Don Nicolas, and then in Brazil, uh, we have Minera, um, sorry, Monte de Carmo. Oh, okay, okay. I don't imagine you've been traveling down to sites since the pandemic. I, I, I have not been on a plane uh, probably for the better part of 18 months or 15 months anyway, which is, is a very uh, significant shock to my system, uh, but, but probably yeah. not unpleasant in many ways. Yeah, same, same here. Yeah. The people in the uh, airport lounges were getting to know me really well before the pandemic. <laughs> Yeah, you know what we've got? We've got a really strong, uh, competent guys at, in Argentina and Brazil, and, and frankly, uh, you know, the the uh, from that perspective, we're we're more than uh, more than capable of, of dealing with the issues. Yeah, that's the Zoom calls and, and phone calls. Yeah, that, that that's terrific. Yeah, the, there's nothing that can replace being on the ground every once in a while, but For yeah, sure. it certainly it certainly gives us a chance to say, well, do, does this really have to be? A, you know, an all-day plane trip down to see the site, or can it be a Zoom meeting? Yeah. I mean, I, I generally try to be down in, in normal course, uh, you know, once a quarter to, to areas. And, you know, remember, we've been working with as a team for about 20 years. Um, yeah. So so the geology has been pretty similar for the last billion years, uh, you know, so so with the team involved and, and such, uh, there's not really, you know, I, I keep a very close eye on what's going on. But, but again, we've got a very close and, and strong team on the ground. Yeah, that's great. So, Mark, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, your education. Uh, my background is, is actually in economics. Um, and uh, basically, I, I studied in Canada. Um, I, I've lived around the world most of my life. And, and so I, I started my career uh, actually in London, England. Uh, I was one of the first employees at a group called Drexel Burnham, you may have known. Um, a large Michael Milken uh, notoriety, but yeah. basically, um, you know, the the um, I, I culminated my career as an investment banker uh, for Canadian firms, uh, one with the predecessor at RBC Dominion, and then which became Royal Bank, and and then with First Marathon, um, and First Marathon is where I left the investment banking building uh, career, and and basically they were very 
um, you know, a very substantial uh, boutique uh, with, 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 you know, tremendous uh, power uh, in Canada. Yeah, yeah, it gave you a really good background for the financial and operating sides of a mining company. It was very useful. You know, you, you saw all the different parameters and, and the metrics that you had to bring together, and and uh, and you saw companies. You know, I, I would I had the fortune in, in in London to probably meet for breakfast uh, three to five times a week with companies coming through town, and and you really saw all the different advantages and disadvantages and and, and of the good stories and the stories which could have been good that didn't materialize because of bad decisions. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mark, tell us a little bit about your company, what they're up to. Well, Serato Gold, um, basically we're a gold company and um, we've got a, a production asset in Argentina that we bought in March of, of 2020. So literally two days before the pandemic hit. Yeah. Um, and uh, but, but the company was founded in late 2017. Um, uh, you know, based on on two friends of ours that we've known, two geological friends of ours that we've known for 20 years, uh, who were the founders of a company of an asset called Bota Grande, which is the, the biggest under, undeveloped gold mine uh, deposit in Brazil right now, about mm. 7.4 million ounces. So they brought us this project. Um, they brought us this project in late 2017. And uh, they thought it was interesting, and and so we brought together the old uh, team that we had that when we started working with, uh, you know, my, my experience in the gold sector in Brazil uh, was in 2002, where I was one of the founding members of a group called Desert Sun, and we had. And then the team, uh, you know, the core team left to go to Largo and uh, Largo is now, you know, the, the richest, uh, highest grade vanadium deposit in the world. Uh, we started that with a hole in the ground. Um, the market cap on that, I believe, is around 1.3 billion. Um, and so, in, you know, the, the um, so, so I ultimately went on and, and uh, restructured a company called Sierra Metals um, between 2015 and, and, uh, and 17. Uh, and I took it from about 200 million to, to about uh, 600 million. Um, and uh, then we all came together. Uh, again, the old team came together with, with uh, Serato. So Serato, basically, um, we have two assets. Uh, um, these are discovery assets. They're, they're assets that are still very much in their infancy and they're in, in the growth phase. Um, but but we're in our key, um, and we want to generate strong cash flow. And and so basically, um, you know, we, we have an asset in Argentina that's producing uh, approximately 50,000 ounces a year. Uh, when we bought it in 2020, we thought that, okay, we've got an asset here for eight to nine years at, at 50,000 ounces. At 1,800 gold, we see all in sustaining costs of about uh, $1,000. Mm -hmm. So to generate 30 to 35 million a year. Uh, in free cash, um, and and you know since we've been there, we now see actually opportunities to grow. Uh, we're looking at a, a heap leach operation, which will probably add another thirty thousand ounces. So our expectation is by the end of the first quarter of next year, to be at somewhere in the region of, of about eighty-five thousand ounces of production, uh, with a run rate of, of free cash of about fifty million. Um, so that's a, a pretty interesting uh, 
story for us. And, and we still, again, think it's very, very early uh, and has lots of potential to grow. Our partners, you know, our partners are our neighbors. Uh, we have Anglo that have produced. Is a year phase, but um, so so that's a, a kind of growth and cash flow asset, and then we have this asset in Brazil that was brought to us by our friends um, who, who who discovered this this asset that Belo Sun is a solitary asset to Belo Sun that has a market cap of about three hundred million, um, and basically, you know, when they brought it to us, they thought there was approximately you know five to ten million ounces. Uh, we went and did our due diligence. We certainly believe that there's somewhere north of five million ounces, and the most significant element here about that project um, is that we believe that that our our all-in costs will be in that five hundred dollar mark, um, wow. and that would put us within the top five percent of gold companies for low-cost production, and and so we are looking to put a new PEA out on that asset um, in the next uh, two to three weeks, and and frankly, um, you know, our expectation there. Um, is that we're going to see a very, very significant, um, you know, that is only going to grow from where we are today. Yeah, that's that's terrific. That that sounds really good. Uh, the investors must be pretty excited about something like that with the five hundred dollar all-in cost. Yeah, I mean, we, we have to deliver, and and again, the the we did a PA last October, and our cost came in about four hundred ninety-eight dollars. Hmm. Um, you know, and and you know, we had an MPV of 432 million and, and an IRR of 76%, which after tax, and and frankly, that was a little bit embarrassing that it was so good, quite honestly. Um, you know, and and you kind of look at, I can't, you know, we kind of thought, should we look at publishing something like this because it is embarrassingly good. Yeah. Um, but the reality is, we knew we were coming out with this new resource that was based on 800,000 ounces, uh, and the new resource we're targeting 1.2 to 1.5 million ounces. Um, and so, which we'll announce again, probably within the next week or so. Um, and, and frankly, um, you know, the, the, uh, the numbers will only be better. Yeah. You're, you're kind of stuck in one of these situations where the, the news sounds too good to be true. Maybe it's not true, but in your case, it very much is true. Tell us, are, are you looking in other areas? Are you exploring? We, we, other... You know, that, you make a very good point. We've been a private company this year, so we've only. Right now, the, the focus is uh, we, we have uh, Brazil and we have Argentina, and, and these assets are still very, very young. So, yeah. so that is our core element. We, are, we always keep our eyes out for other interesting assets. Um, you know, and, and so uh, you know, we've looked here and there, and and uh, we always have a few things that we look at and, and keep our our. Uh, our finger on the pulse with. Um, so we are looking at other things, but but at the same point, you know, the, the, the mantle of our company is that we believe by 2024 that we will be a mid-tier producer, uh, producing mm. somewhere in the region of 250,000 ounces a year. Wow, wow, good for you. That's uh, quite the target to set for yourself. Mark, maybe you could tell us what are the some of the rapid changes could you tell us some of the rapid changes that are help happening in the gold industry uh, that investors should keep an eye on? I, I listen. I, I think the 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 gold industry has been going on for for 
you know, only only a few thousand years. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and the reality is nothing's changed in the sense that on the one hand, you know, people want gold for jewelry. They want it for a store of wealth. The most significant thing that I see in the short term that that people have um, ironically, you know, what, what's changed a little bit of the, 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 the perspective for gold has been these other elements of stores of wealth. And, and so with Bitcoin coming along and crypto uh, coming along, you know, a lot of people thought, okay, well, that's the end of gold um, because there's now another kind of instrument that you don't need yeah. to, to, to pay for storage charges or whatnot. But in actual fact, it, it's kind of like, um, you know, when the computer when the computer came along, everyone said, well, we're going to have storage and memory and we're not going to need to use paper anymore. And, and as you know, we use paper more now than we ever did. Um, and, and so I think the gold is the same thing. I, what, what, what crypto and Bitcoin have done is they've, they've opened up and introduced the element of stores of value. And, and, um, and so what that's done is it's, it's probably taken a lot of people's um, attention uh, away a little bit from conventional investment and, and looked at the, at, at the gold sector where perhaps historically they wouldn't have. Um, so I think I think if anything, to me, that would be the most significant shift in gold that I've seen in, in the last little while. Uh, and it does sound a little ironic, but it, but it, it seems to me to be the case. Um, you know, in terms of gold, um, you know, we have seen demand uh, because of higher prices for jewelry has come down a little bit. I see India is now uh, ramping back up again. Um, but but I think um, you know gold is is certainly becoming and, and continues to be. Um, you know, a significant part of of, of, uh, of people's portfolios, and and also with the new Basel rules coming in um, for for, for uh, capital requirements, we've seen actually banks and, and even governments um, expanding and, and buying back into the uh, you know buying back into gold where where historically they've been sellers of gold. Yeah, and there's something to be said about owning something physical like gold even if it's in the form of an ETF where where the uh, crypto yeah. isn't a physical thing so it's, it's sometimes nice to put your hands on a Kruger end and see what it feels like and, and look at it and see how heavy it is there you go I have mine here yeah <laughs> yeah so Tell us about the importance of the historical Monero Dunn Nicholas project. Well, you know, the, the, it's interesting because Monero Dunn Nicholas is in Argentina. It's in uh, the, a belt, a very well known belt called the Deseado Massif. Um, and again, we have very significant, uh, you know, neighbors, whether it be Newmont or Anglo or Yamana or uh, Pan American Silver or McEwen or Hothchild. I mean, there, there are a lot of people in this area, um, but at the same point, um, and it's a very prolific gold belt, uh, it's an epithermal, classic epithermal system, um, very similar to Nevada. Um, yeah, yeah. Yet you, you probably have 150th, uh, 100th, you know, of the expiration done on this belt than, than you would have seen in Nevada. Um, so, so it's it's still a belt that people are, are are coming into, and we are seeing majors coming into Argentina. We're seeing majors coming into the Deseado Massif. Um, so, this is a project that that we bought, say, in March of 2020. And Argentina has been probably one of the most severely uh, impacted countries due to COVID. Uh, so it's been a really tough environment, and our team have done a phenomenal job. Um, but in terms of the the um, you know, what we're looking at here is, is um, we have a, a 
significant holding of 335,000 hectares. Uh, that's a big property position. Um, but of, of importance there is that, you know, the, the previous owners, uh, they bought this asset for 100 million. They put $120 million into the infrastructure um, and, and we're getting all the benefit of that. Um, so the reality is that, you know, they weren't necessarily miners. Uh, we know what we're doing. And, and as you probably saw from the press release we issued on Monday, uh, um, those operations now, particularly as we've seen COVID, uh, you know, easing, uh, those operations have, have really done very well and will continue to do well. So I think we're, we're, we're in a very comfortable position there. So the, re the significance to Serato is it provides significant cash flow to our operations. Yeah, yeah, that's terrific. That's terrific. Um, so what do you think is the future of uh, the gold industry in South America? Is it, is it pretty uh, mature? Is it still on a growth cycle or what are you, what's your feeling? Argentina, operation is not nearly as extensive as, as it is in, in uh, North America. And, and the reality is, okay, we understand that there are macroeconomic complications. We understand there are um, potentially legal complications um, and, and operational issues that, that may arise per jurisdiction. Um, but, but, you know, at the end of the day, uh, miners are miners and, and they'll mine anywhere. Um, you know, as, as you've seen in the DRC, as you've seen, you know, in the 20s mining in, in Papua New Guinea, um, the reality is that people will go to where the gold is and, and or mineralization is. And, and the reality is that these areas are, are very underexplored to the large part. Uh, and, and so I think, you know, I think you'll continue to see very strong growth uh, in, in, um, in, 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 uh, in gold assets. That said, each jurisdiction is distinct um, as, you know, as it is a little bit in Canada, the U.S. and Mexico. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But well, I, I have thumbs up for, for mining in, in uh, South America, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, I've, I've always enjoyed the work there, and it always seems like it's uh, it's a really good venue to be working in. Yeah, no. As I mentioned earlier, you know, we've been there for 20 years. Uh, I've probably had three or four ventures, maybe five ventures in South America. Um, we've managed to operate uh, very efficiently, very effectively, um, and and so I, I I've never really run into any major hindrances that we we couldn't get around. Yeah, that's terrific. I know sometimes the uh, local communities uh, don't agree with everything the mining company is doing. So that's that's good news. That's good to hear. And it's yeah, I, you know that that's very true, Brian. And but but I'll tell you, you know, there 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 are areas in Canada, or the U.S. We can't mine either. You know. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, so so I think I think it, it, to your point, I mean I. You know, you do get you do get uh, issues with with uh, local communities, and it's always extremely important, no matter where you are in the world, to have the support of the local community. But but the reality is, um, you know, I I looked at I, I sit on a board of a company that's now moving into Quebec, uh, and they've brought in some very very rigorous 
it's a great jurisdiction, as you know, but they brought yeah. in some very rigorous uh, environmental regulations and requirements, um, which which uh, really en enhance the time frame in which you can bring a project to development uh, compared to South America, for hmm. example. Uh, hmm. So so there, there there's pros and cons of everywhere, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, interesting. Uh, one of the reasons I have this podcast, Mark, is so that I can get a little bit smarter uh, each time. And so you've helped me get a little bit smarter today, and I appreciate that. I, 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 uh, I'm embarrassed to, to say it. thank you. <laughs> yeah. Mark, this has been a really good conversation. I appreciate the time you spent with us. And I was just wondering if you've got any key takeaways or pearls of wisdom you could leave with us. Oh, my goodness. I, I think, uh, you know, particularly as it relates to mining, investing in the mining sector, and, and I think you've probably heard this many times, but I'll reiterate because I think it's so important. Um, you know, investing in the mining sector, uh, if, if you want to do it well and do it properly, it's it, it's going to be a two-year investment, um, you know, to, to a, a large extent, unless you're playing the macro uh, volatility and pricing. Um, but but otherwise, you know, be patient uh, as long as the story continues along the path um, and, and, and it's fundamentally sound, uh, I think you'll do much better than you will in, in other types of investments. Yeah, that's uh, very... Uh... Good advice, sound advice. Mark, I know you're a busy person. You've got a lot of irons in the fire, so I won't keep you any longer, but I really appreciate you coming on here today and, and sharing your time with us. Brian, Brian, the pleasure is all mine, and thank you very much, and to you and, and your audience. And, uh, you know, if, if anybody has any questions uh, that I can elaborate on or, or uh, answer, they, they know where to find me, you know where to find me. Yeah, perfect. I yeah, appreciate that. Then uh, with that, I'll let you go back to your day. But uh, again, thank you so much, Mark. Thank you so much, Brian. Have a, have a wonderful day. Thank you so much. Thanks. Bye-bye. Well, that's it. I'm Brian, and this is Behind the Scenes with Brian. Until next time, keep on rockin'.